to varying degrees, we have to look at what's going on here. It's like when it's we talk flippantly sometimes about a dysregulated nervous system. Nervous system is meant to go and vacillate depending on the circumstance between a more balanced, grounded, safe state to a hypervigilant state. Like they're all there, but you're supposed to be ebb and flow. Most people are stuck. An aspect of their autonomic nervous system that fight that the fight or flight or freeze response. Welcome back to the Energized with Dr. Marisa podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones, optimize your metabolic health, and feel energized in your body so that you can age powerfully and wake up feeling amazing in your body for many years to come. Let's jump on in. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through the super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. If there is anything that I've learned this past year in 2023, it is that healing is multifaceted and complex, especially when you're dealing with symptoms but haven't uncovered the root cause. I have gone down so many avenues in recovering my health, and full disclosure, as I step into 2024, I am still working on feeling like myself again, like the energized self I felt when I stepped into 2023. But I know I will get there because I have a clear vision of my future healthy self and I am steadily working to get to her. Now, as I write this, I am struggling with some intense fatigue, the type of fatigue that makes walking hard at times, and it's very humbling. I actually sat here for about 30 minutes before I recorded just to get it together. And because of it, I am headed down another rabbit hole to figure out what is going on. I have been dealing with fatigue issues since the spring of 23, and they exacerbated with my brain injury over the summer last year. And although I'm beyond grateful to report that my brain is functioning better than I could have imagined, my overall energy levels are at an all-time low, making everything hard. And the current thought is that I'm struggling with a mold issue or a parasite issue. We're just not sure, but we will find out soon with more testing. What I do know is that my inflammatory markers are up slightly, and they have been since the spring last year, along with my thyroid antibodies. So I know that my immune system and my mitochondria are working overtime. What I also know is that this isn't the first time I've dealt with fatigue. <laughs> this has been an ever-going process for probably a decade or so, and it probably won't be the last. But I am committed to healing my body, as I have been all year long, and I'm committed to healing past pervasive trauma, gut issues, hormonal imbalances and changes, pathogens, and whatever else may be going on in my body on a cellular level. Last year had really just sent me on an epic journey. 
from autoimmune protocols to concussion protocols to tons of lab testing to an insane amount of supplements, the addition of hormones, no alcohol. I've looked at my health every kind of way you could possibly look at it, from crazy CrossFit workouts to walking exclusively to so many modalities and brain treatments. I have done so much and I've learned a lot about my body in the process. And I'm not going to lie, I have so much gratitude for all of it, for the ability to have access to the things that I have access to, to have people to consult with who are amazing experts. I mean, I have been so, so grateful. But I think in this entire journey, what I've really walked away with is that any of us could be struggling with a number of maladies, and I know it can be so hard to figure out what is going on. Because again, I know that healing is rarely linear and straightforward. I invited a dear friend of mine, Dr. Will Cole, to connect the dots between symptoms, inflammation, and hidden root causes that most of us miss because they're simply not on our radar or we're not testing for it or, you know, we haven't dug deep enough depending on what the situation is. We're going to be discussing trauma, stress, gut health, shame, and so much more. With the increasing number of depression, anxiety, autoimmunity, and poor metabolic health on the rise, it's clear that we need a new approach to getting better. So without further ado, I want to welcome Dr. Will Cole to the show, but first I want to sing his praises. Dr. Will Cole is a leading functional medicine expert who specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalances, digestive disorders, and so much more. He is the host of the Art of Wellbeing podcast and the author of Ketotarian, The Inflammation Spectrum, one of my favorite books and the New York Times bestselling book, Intuitive Fasting. We're going to be talking about his newest book, Gut Feelings, that came out earlier this year. Again, let's welcome him to the show. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Energize podcast, Dr. Will Cole. I know this isn't your first rodeo here. I'm so excited to have you back. And we are talking about your newest book that I knew came out earlier this year called Gut Feelings. And I think we all know that every single one of us, there's a there's definitely a gut everything connection and that a lot of us are dealing with some gut stuff. I don't think we always put the pieces together as to, could this be related to how I'm feeling, how I'm operating in the world, you know, with other symptoms that just may not be associated. And what I want to first ask you coming out the gate is 
This is your fourth book, and I love this book. I feel like it connects the dots for so many things that many of us are dealing with in, in, our, in our relationships, in our personal lives, how we respond to the world. And kind of what was your inspiring moment? What was the impetus for, for this book? Why was it important to you? First of all, thank you for having me back. As my main job running the telehealth clinic, so much of that job looking at labs and explaining labs to people in a way that they understand, empowering them with the information, guiding them to improve that information. So much of my job is like is language, communication, education, empowerment. So that's where all the books have been born out of are really so many conversation, like rich, edifying, insightful conversations that I've had with our telehealth patients. And it's like, okay, you hear enough questions and you have enough conversations and you know, wow, this is a book. This is a bigger, people have these questions, similar questions. This is, has to be formulated in a different way beyond just talking one-on-one online with, with telehealth patients. So Gut Feelings is born out of those conversations with patients and it's talking about the, the bi-directional relationship between mental health and physical health. And in the West, we'll oftentimes separate the two. Like we have physical health, right? If you someone's sick, they go to their doctor. They, if someone has some sort of malady, they go to the doctor. But mental health is somehow separated in, in a way. You know, this abstract, quote unquote, chemical imbalance that's never measured. It's never looked at on labs, but it's just sort of given antidepressants to you. Like given, take this medication, see you later. Like that's who you are. And like that you're somehow... It's entirely genetic and there's nothing you can do. So it's a deeper spiritual book that's talking about this crosstalk between gut and feelings, the physical gut, and then the mental, emotional, spiritual, the feelings, and the interplay, the crosstalk between the two, and how underlying physiological things like gut health, like inflammation, like nutrient deficiencies, like environmental toxins, like biotoxins, like mold, will impact how our nervous system works, will dysregulate our nervous system, impacting the neuroendocrine axis and our our nervous system and our hormones, impacting our mood. But then conversely, the feeling stuff, how things like chronic stress and trauma impact our physiology, raising inflammation, triggering autoimmune problems. So that's what the book's about. It's a deeper book. It's a spiritual book, it, but yet it's still practical and through the lens of functional medicine, because that's where I'm coming from. But it's really, it's what I've seen work for people to regulate a dysregulated nervous system, to calm inflammation levels by healing both the gut and the feelings. I thank you so much for really kind of defining what you were hoping to achieve and what you've seen play out in your individual patients that you take care of every single day. And that, you know, we we can't separate the two. We're not operating in a silo. Like, you know, our hormones or our gut or our neurological system, like these are not operating separately and they should not be treated as such. And with as many people dealing with mental health issues, you know, for me, the demographic that I work with is women in their 40s and 50s, pretty much in the perimenopause, heading into menopause spectrum, where we see a major uptick in mental health issues. And the first thing that we're recommending to women is either antidepressants or talk therapy. And often we're we're never looking at their hormones. We're not looking at their microbiome. We're not connecting the dots that maybe those are the drivers for what is going on. I myself, I, you know, I've been sharing this on the show, but I've been dealing with some perimenopausal rage. 
and I've been working it out. And so connecting, looking at GI maps, connecting the dots in trauma, looking at inflammatory markers, just trying to connect and also looking at hormones, like knowing that I'm no, no stone is being left unturned right now because you know, what does not mix well is a perimenopausal, rageful woman and a wonderful toddler boy. Like those two do not match. And so my son has got none of the brunt of any of that, but I'm really interested in understanding why millions of women like myself start to experience mood changes like this at this age. And I felt like your book had been so helpful to me personally because it allowed me to really dive deeper into what's going on here. Thank you so much. I, it's funny that, not funny, but you know what I'm saying. I think when people, I hear that a lot when someone's going through, that's feeling irritable, wired and tired, anxious, exhausted, they're like short-tempered, short-fused, burnt out, um, you know, raging. They will tell me on the other side of that healing that helps obviously them, but it also helps their relationships, right? Because they're, they're, it's their health of themselves will also in turn help the health of their relationships. And so many people will verbalize it to me like, oh, I thought it was just me. Because maybe it wasn't like they weren't doing all the things you're doing. It wasn't just perimenopausal rage. It was going on for years of their life. And they just thought, I, this is who I am. I'm an, I'm a irritable person or it becomes like their personality versus realizing, no, it just, just because something's your everyday doesn't mean you should settle for it. And oftentimes these things that we just identify with and make part of our, our identity, it's really the body's check engine light to tell you there's something here. And most people don't do what we do, right? And to know that like this, you knew your body intuitively to know, Hey, let's, this isn't me. Let's, let's, let's do, let's do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a warning sign. I was like, initially, you know, it's interesting. I've shared this on the show. Initially, I thought it was maybe the kind of residual of my concussions. Cause I know people, you get hit in the head hard enough, your mood can shift. And so, but I started, you know, I tracked my cycle, all the things I'm, you know, watching. I was like, no, this is two months in a row clockwork, you know? And so I dug even deeper and I just, I just love that this book opens the door for the possibility of your, like you said, maybe this isn't what it's, maybe it's not how I'm supposed to be feeling. Maybe something has shifted inside of me. And, you know, I know that so many women, and particularly as we get older, we start to feel, like you said, more irritable, more burned out, more higher levels of deregulated cortisol. And we know so much of that even shifts our microbiome. And so I'd love for you to speak a little bit into a deregulated stress response system and how that has a profound impact and even touch upon trauma as well. Because I don't think a lot of people realize how much those really big pieces, what I call kind of insidious behind the scenes root causes can drive a lot of the, you know, physical ailments that we're dealing with. Like you connected the dot between trauma and autoimmunity, which I absolutely feel is a big part of my journey as well. But I think a lot of people never see that connection. Yeah, hundred percent. I think to varying degrees, we have to look at what's going on here. It's like when it's that we talk flippantly sometimes about a dysregulated nervous system. What are we talking about? It's the nervous systems meant to go and vacillate depending on the circumstance between a more balanced, grounded, safe state to a hypervigilant state. Like they're all there, but you're supposed to be ebb and flow. Most people are stuck in some level, at least of some dysregulated state, meaning their sympathetic 
nervous system, that that one aspect of their autonomic nervous system, that fight, that the fight or flight or freeze response is overactive, is overtoned, if you will. And something that's underactive or weak is the parasympathetic, that resting, digesting, hormone balance state. Both are important. One's not bad and one's not good. But you don't want an overactive and underactive. It's homeostasis. It's, it's the Goldilocks principle, right, in the body. You don't, same with inflammation. You don't want too much inflammation. Not, you don't want a deficiency of inflammation. Our microbiome, you don't want an excess of microbes, over, bacterial overgrowth. You don't want a deficiency. Same with hormones. You don't want hormone dominance. You don't want a deficiency. And this is, we like to demonize certain things and make sympathetic bad or cortisol bad. And no, it's just about in balance, in context. When do we need it? How much do we need? An appropriate response. So that's what most people are, are found is an inappropriate response to the circumstance because of a, these chronic stressors. And by stressors, I mean both physiological stressors and psychological stressors. The body's going to see those as the same and have similar results or similar responses. So the physiological stressors are some of the things I mentioned earlier, like underlying gut problems, uh, environmental toxins, biotoxins, nutrient deficiencies, you know, bacterial viral issues, chronic stealth infections. So these things will create a physiological response, which will look like some sort of neuroimmunoendocrine axis response, the intersection between the nervous system, sympathetic, parasympathetic, the immune system, i.e. inflammation, it's a product of the immune system, and our endocrine system, our hormonal system, and the interplay communication line between the two. But same to you're going to have, you could have psychological responses like chronic stress and trauma and looking at both the physiological and the psychological component to that. So cortisol, that last part, that neuroimmunoendocrine, the endocrine part of that communication line, that, that cascade of communication, in part, you're going to see higher cortisols or dysregulated cortisol, cortisol that's higher when it should be low or low when it should be high, or it's always high or always low, some sort of imbalance, some sort of breaking of that Goldilocks principle or a shattering of homeostasis. Typically with our patient base, when you're dealing with chronic fatigue syndrome, more autoimmune problems, this isn't always the case, but many people in that sort of umbrella of issues are have low low cortisol actually and adrenaline's overcompensating because it's basically for a long time that has been overactivated and at some point it just cortisol drops exactly you'll see a drop and cortisol's needed for lots of good things it's an endogenous it's an endogenous immunosuppressant it's a natural anti-inflammatory so people will oftentimes feel like when i look, look show them the labs oh i i'm surprised by that i thought my cortisol would be through the roof because they feel like that, but it's not showing up in data because it is such a chronic inflammatory response, a chronic stress dysregulated response where inflammation is high, but the regulatory mechanisms, in this case, cortisol is underactive, but adrenaline is overcompensating. I was going to say something's overcompensating there to have them feeling that way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on. But look, you mentioned like trauma and autoimmune issues. Like it's I think it's some, there's something to the fact that when you look at what's happening on a physiological level and it's molecular mimicry, you know, the case of mistaken identity, when the immune system is mistaking the tissue, the body, and there's over a hundred different autoimmune conditions, whether it's Hashimoto's or lupus or Crohn's, also colitis, MS, Chogan's, whatever you're talking about. 
immune system's tagging the, that tissue as a, as a flag for destruction, an antibody to attack it. And then if researchers refer to that molecular mimicry as the immune system losing recognition of self, which is happening on a physiological level. But then I think, okay, the mental, emotional, spiritual connection of that, someone losing recognition of self and research looking at stress and trauma and shame and how these things can trigger the autoimmune response. So in some cases, what came first is the question that I have. And I think that so many people have this sort of inward shame and unresolved trauma component that then beget the physiological response. And certainly somebody that feels like crap is going to have this vicious cycle. And then they will, I see a lot of like, once the triggering happened, it then amplifies that shame because they feel like their body's turned against itself, which it has, which is a lot to heal from, not just physically, but on an emotional relationship with your body too. Curious question for you, particularly when you're looking at patients with burnout or chronic fatigue or autoimmune or, or, or some type of immune response. How often when you really dig in, because I wonder if you ever thought that that was going to be kind of a part of what you did, that you were going to get a little bit deeper into the emotional aspect, that trauma was going to be a potential root cause and that the question was going to have to be asked of like, huh, when did this actually really start? Like, what was the real triggering event? Was it 20 years ago? Was it 40 years ago? Was it something so far down the road that the pattern became so ingrained that they have no idea anymore. And it's now just playing out in this kind of in a multitude of physical ailments. More, the question is, is like, how often is, are, are you seeing this come to play? Uh, it's ubiquitous to say the least. I mean, it's, but you don't know what you're up against until you look at it and see what you see what you're up against. And most people, if you're not asking the question, you're not going to know the answer. And when we're having an initial telehealth consult, and this is why I'm putting in the book in lieu of like, if you're not a telehealth patient, these are things you can ask yourself, right? But in the clinical setting, we're asking these questions and you don't know the answer until you ask the question. And then, and, and that could be someone like a doctor asking you that question, or it could be you asking yourself, oh, wow, checking in with your life, checking in with your body. Like we block so many things out or gaslight ourselves and thinking that it's not that big of a deal. But people need to realize that trauma, that word A, is just used so much. Like trauma and triggered are like, they're so like bastardized at that point for lack of better words. It's, they're, they're just like cheapened because these are heavy things with consequences. And um, it's, it should be taken with, and given the serious and gravity that it deserves. And trauma is not the event it's the response to the event and many people will think that you know it's like they'll compare themselves to someone worse off than them or gone through bigger things than them and like that big t trauma but people have to realize it's everybody there's so much bio individuality with this and you we have siblings we have siblings as patients and they could have the same childhood respond to that childhood completely different because their own perception perspective and bio individuality and physiological resilience to use that bucket analogy. Some people have a more bigger capacity to handle things than other people. So it's not fair for to look at, compare yourself to somebody else. And everybody's nervous system has a lot of other variables to consider when it comes to that response and what determines that response. 
So yeah, it's it's a major part, but we have to ask the question. So we have every telehealth patient fill out what's called an ACE score, ACE questionnaire. It's an adverse childhood experiences or events. I adapted a lot of ACE questions on a, a quiz. We put the quiz completely for free at drwillcole.com. It's the gut feelings, like shame flammation quiz, which shame flammation is I made, my made up word to talk about this phenomenon is how things like shame and stress and trauma impact our physiology, i.e. inflammation. Yeah, I mean, we go into deep like stuff where you're talking about sexual trauma as a kid, physical abuse as a kid, just to mental illness in, in the home, like growing up, uh, alcohol abuse growing up, drug abuse growing up, neglect, just like the, like there's a whole generation of turn, like the latchkey kids. Yeah, abandonment is a major. Abandonment, yeah. Yeah, and then it's beyond, and I, I think this is the, limit to the ACE, obviously. So people can have low ACE scores, but then have later on in life. It wasn't childhood. It was like just a young adult, adulthood experience of a traumatic relationship, a loss of a loved one, a, you know, a car accident that was, you know, violent. I mean, it could be any number of things. So these are the questions that we, we have to ask, because uh, you have to know what you're dealing with to do something about it. And I think, you know, and in, in the book, I even talk about intergenerational or transgenerational trauma, too, which is a whole other level, but should be looked at as well. I agree with you 100 um, percent. I have an A score of six. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel like a lot of my a lot of my stuff, even how I operated in the world and I felt like I just operated in sympathetic for as long as I could even remember, but lended to more things. And it's interesting because I wouldn't, I, for a long time, I thought that way of operating was a superpower. I didn't know I had adopted these strategies when I was so young, they were so celebrated. So I just assumed that it was, it was great that I was like this. Even today, our friends will say, oh my God, you're so on time you follow up all the time. Your follow through is amazing. They're like, how do you, I'm like, it's trauma. I'm like, I just learned how to be, I am indispensable. <laughs> Obviously I've healed a lot of it, but even generational stuff, when I, when I brought Kingston into this world, I really wanted to clean up a lot of that because I just didn't want to, I, I didn't want, I don't want my son to have any type of score. I don't want him to be on the scorecard at all. And so it's just really fascinating to me, like piecemealing it together not until I was in my 30s and thinking, you know, I thought it was something just physiological and how many people feel that way. I'm so grateful that you have a quiz and we'll have that link in the show notes so that these are questions that we can answer our answer and that we can get insight around so that we can then figure out what's going on. If there's something even deeper there that we need to tap into versus taking some probiotics or filling in these nutrient gaps, like that there's probably more to it than just that. Um, which I think is so important. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, you know, you talk about probiotics and gut health and because we're talking about crosstalk, you know, how does the gut impact the feelings and how does the feelings impact our gut? I see many people that have gut problems, inflammation problems, food sensitivities, you know, things like histamine issues, oxalate issues, leptin sensitivities, these things that we look so much at just the food. But what I've seen is that when people start to strengthen their vagus nerve, like toning that weaker part, that poor vagal tone is then strengthened and metabolize some of the stored stress and trauma in the body. A lot of those foods, sensitivities, gut problems, inflammation issues, autoimmune problems, calm and go away. So we have to look at both sides of that coin. It has to be a both and not either or approach dealing with 
whether it's nervous system dysregulation, hormone problems, or autoimmune problems, dealing with those both sides will get you where you need to be. So it's like, I see people that dealt with one or the other, and they're better off than they would be if they hadn't done those things. But a both and approach will fill in the gaps. And maybe you have done a little bit of both, but you're not really given either one like the full attention. So this book in many ways, a, a beginner could read it, but it's really in my mind for the person that is the wellness aficionado that's like, okay, what's missing here? And what are the things that I'm like overlooking, but I need to pay attention to? I agree. I mean, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's that broader, like once you've done some of the basics, the foundations, and yet you're still working it out, then it's time to go a little bit deeper. Even I, even myself, I find myself still going through it as, as I, as I continue to navigate parenthood, as I navigate through my son's life, I'm noticing things that are coming up for me that I that I thought I was done healing. I, I think the lesson I've ever, I've learned about this, especially around trauma, is that it's 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 an all the time thing. Like you're very, I'm very, I find myself so intentional around. It's so fascinating how my patterns, and I'm sure you see this with so many of your patients, they just want to come back up like on automatic, and I have to be so aware that they're trying to come back in. Because they were patterns that ruled me for decades, you know, without objection. I was like, do you? You're like, <laughs> well, that's not interesting. Like you said something like these qualities that the world deifies and glorifies is like this hypervigilant hustle culture, right? Oh, if someone that's really good at hustle culture <laughs> will, will be, uh, it'll be a badge of honor. Burnout is a badge of honor. And, um, but it's, it's not, not that you can't hone in great qualities within that. I'm not saying that like being productive and being, you know, a go-getter, that's all good stuff, but it has to be born out of like a regulated state and like a sustainable state, not an unsustainable state. And that makes it harder to heal, right? Cause you kind of identify with it. It's what makes you great or it makes you, you, and it's, it can be hard for people to say, well, I need to, this isn't sustainable. I don't feel good doing this. It's impacting my health, but you won't use, you won't, I mean, you know this, but for people to know this, they won't lose who they are. It'll just be more sustainable and more balanced and more tempered. Yeah, I agree. And well, and that's been, to me, that's been the ultimate lesson is, is if these are ingrained patterned, let's call them superpowers, let's just call them. Some, some people think that they are, some people would love to have them, but like, how do you operate like that in a regulated state? Because I find that I can easily tip the scale to a deregulated state that I'm always intentionally working on. How do I still be who I am? These are blessings in a way, like I wouldn't be who I was without those experiences but I also know that those patterns have gotten me in a lot of trouble health-wise. So how do I get to eat my gluten-free, dairy-free, um, <laughs> healthy cake, and you know, and you know, and and still and you know, eat it too? So like, how do I get to have both? And that's been that's been the beautiful balance for me is how do I get to have both, and how do I recognize when I'm going out of the rails? Yeah, I mean it's true. I mean just because. Someone can do all the things doesn't mean they should do all the things. It's like they they it's like is it, your body is going to like I, I put, posted something recently. It's like if you don't find a time to rest, your body's going to pick one for you. And it's like we have to realize that we have to like the, we love in our culture today talk about healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries, healthy boundaries. Our healthy boundaries begins with ourselves. 
Like, how do we say no for ourselves? How do we tell ourselves no? And that could be foods that don't love us back. That can be saying no to our schedule and having healthy boundaries there. Our relationship with technology, right? FOMO inducing content, whatever it is. And this isn't like a moral indictment if someone should shaming themselves if they're not where they want to be, but it's just raising awareness to where, where do you want to be and, and decide that for yourself. I agree. Yeah. It's, I think it's a lot of, for me, it's awareness and intentionality. What feels good? Like what's going to nourish my body? What's going to take care of my body? What's going to have me feeling energized tomorrow, but like a good energized, not a, you know, high level cortisol. (laughs) Or it's not a good quality. Like people can push through the day, but it's not a good quality day. And they were, it was like a means to an end. Like they pushed through just to get through the day. Versus, like you said, being present, like really being anchored, but still abundant in energy, but not this sort of frenetic toiling that I think a lot of times people feel. And we're good at hiding it. I think many of us of a certain type of personality are good at like looking, oh, look, they're on. They've got it all together. They're high performing, but it's not necessarily good quality. And we have to check ourselves. I'm the same way. Like you have to just because I can do it and push myself and doesn't mean I should be doing it. Well, I would love actually to dive a little bit into your own world. Well, I mean, you've got a lot of things going on. You have a very full life. You've got beautiful children. You've got a beautiful family. You've got a, an incredible clinic. You've got a lot going on in general. In um, And I would say that, you know, in every all the interactions I've ever had with you, very grounded. You come from amazing, and you just have amazing energy, and you seem so vibrant and healthy. It's always been the case that I've seen you. What has worked for you? Or are there ways in which intentionally, you know, you kind of do your day? Um, what are things that have been the, the kind of the needle movers for you that have been mainstays? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting, like the timeline of everything. It's, I think maybe we talked about this briefly earlier this year, but I, I mean, offline, but the, I, the book came out in earlier 2023, right? Weeks before my dad died suddenly in a car accident, 63 years old. And it, the last time I saw him, we were talking about this book release and he was so excited about it. And he was picking up my mom from the airport and died. No one saw what happened. It was just went off into the woods and crashed into a tree and died of a you know, blunt force trauma. So that was massively like jolting to my family and myself and and then processing all of that, running the telehealth clinic, then going into um, book release mode, which is like a job on top of a job. It's a mega job. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Plus the podcast, like all stuff that I love, but then having to like, I can't like pause a book release. It's just kind of. I mean, you're it. You're the person. You're the brand. <laughs> you can't send someone else out. And Penguin Random House is depending on me. And like, I, I mean, it's like, I can't. They're like, we're going to need you to sell this book. <laughs> and I wanted to. I've been working on it for years. But it was like, oh, my God. So it was, in a way, talk about just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Like, d- the distraction of doing what I love was good, in a way, uh, for a moment. But it was distraction. And it was, I definitely look back as the years rolled on. It's another year is here. Like, it, the stress of all of that did, took a toll on my health. And I was, I wrote a book about this stuff. So I honestly canceled 90% of like traveling in the year because I knew 
I still had to do commitments. It was remotely, whatever. I did some TV stuff and had to travel. But for the most part, there was no book tour, no book events. No, like I didn't go to in studio to podcast. I was at the clinic. I still saw patients and I didn't leave. So I'm, I'm going to create as much healthy boundaries as I should. So I try to practice what I taught in the book. And I was practicing what I teach patients to do. And it wasn't perfect because I still obviously had to work just like anybody else is grieving. Like they can't just quit their job and live in a you know, a monastery for six months. So I still had to work, but I at least created some healthy boundaries, which I'm glad that I did that. I think I was practicing when I taught. In hindsight, I probably could have done more, um, but I had to give myself grace and know like, you know, I, I did cut back. I probably should have cut back a little bit more, but that did take a toll, right? As it would on anybody. Um, but it, and now I'm like picking up the pieces of like, all right, that's healing to, to another level, which is very privileged of me to be like, this is what I do for a living. So I can bring in protocols that I bring into patients and, and bring it into myself. So like, it's like, just like with you, with what happened with the concussion, it's just like, we have to start leaning into it, things that we re would recommend and we do it ourselves. So I've been doing lots of stuff, a lot of meditation, a lot of breath work <laughs> to answer your question. All the food stuff's easy for me. That's all like- Yeah, you've that's probably second nature anyway. You're just doing it. It's just like upping the feeling stuff more, right? It's upping more the somatic work, the breath work, EMDR. I mean, lots of stuff like that. And like biohacking stuff. Like we talked about hyperbaric. Hyperbaric has been a great thing for me too. Ozone therapy for my gut health. Uh, so yeah, all that stuff, which uh, it's been a blessing. I, I honestly, I'm glad I went through it in a way. Like it's almost like I, my wife said to me like, oh, this deepened your relationship to your patients. Like this deepened that walk that they had to go on. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's what it, that's what it did. So that was a beautiful silver lining is it really created this sort of deepening um, for myself as a healer, if you want to call me that, or facilitator of healing. I'm just kind of sitting with that for a second because I just, man, my heart, I just felt my mama's 63, you know, she's vibrant. She was just here for my son's birthday party, you know, and, and, you know, everyone's like, oh, that's your mom. Like, there's no way your mother looks too young, you know, and it just, you know, I, we've been hearing that our whole lives, you know, my mom being too young to be my mother. And, um, and we're going to be with her tomorrow at Disneyland. Gosh, I, you know, I just, my heart sunk for you in that, in that moment. And, and I knew you had a, a big, a big climb, a big marketing climb for the book. And so I just kept sending you so much energy and so much love in that moment. And, um, and yeah, it's sometimes I'm so grateful to hear that you set some boundaries and yeah, in hindsight, we're like, man, I probably should have set some more. And yeah, I canceled like so much. I should have canceled more, but <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. And that, that healing, that layering of healing continues. Yeah. And, and it's like that cliche hindsight is 2020. Like I, I really have a lot more perspective now. Like, oh yeah, I could have done more, but you know, it's, that's all of us. Healing is nonlinear and we have to kind of give ourselves grace and it's not going to be perfect. And when we, we can kind of, we can pivot and shake things up at any point. It's not too late. I agree. Yeah. And, and here we are today and, and life continues, right? Um, and at the end of the day, you know, I think the big message here too, Will, is that without our health, what do we have, you know, in terms of like, you know, our health impacts our relationships. It impacts our family and it, it impacts everything. It impacts how we show up in the world. And I think that's been the thing that I've noticed the most is how I feel translates into how I respond and react and how I am as a mom, 
you know? And so I just really appreciate you sharing kind of the kind of the deeper work that you're continuing to do to not only be a facilitator, but to also show up for the people that matter most to you, especially after this bigness in the year. Yeah. Thanks so much. And the great thing is for anybody listening, like a lot of the things that I practice, these are things I talk about in gut feelings, these sort of nervous system regulation, body, like mind-body practices. Most of them are free or low cost. So that's the great thing is that people think that wellness is just for like someone else or it has to be super expensive and it's only the Air One smoothies <laughs> or whatever. The $20 Air One smoothies. <laughs> or whatever, like whatever you're, if you're not in LA, I'm not in LA, but you know, it's like Whole Foods, whatever. It's, it's, it's the massive like high ticket items. It doesn't have to be. Like it could be very simple. And honestly, the free stuff, the, the low cost stuff, the accessible stuff is some of the best stuff, if not the best stuff. So it's just, I want people to know that they really can make a great work in their health completely on a budget or for free. And I think that's important. And I think your book provides so many great resources for people to get to work. And like you said, somatic work, breath work, meditation, screaming into a pillow, walking outside in nature, you know, all of this, all that's free. All that is free. And these are things that... Put, putting your phone down. <laughs> putting your phone down. You do not take it on your walk. <laughs> you know, do not have it when you're going to bed. You know, all of these things are completely free. I would say the things that are the biggest needle movers for me in, in terms of my mental health um, and kind of checking some of those patterns that have been pervasive for me are the free things that you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. And it's like you have to I call them in the book, I call them metaphysical meals. It's like you have to treat these things like you would a meal time or a practice like you would like an exercise. Like you can't just do it here and there. Or you could, but like you're you're not going to get the most out of it. But if you show up consistently on a consistent basis, you're going to start to strengthen the vagus nerve. So it, it is an exercise for your nervous system. And if you go to the gym once in a while and say the gym's not working for me, well, no, it's just your lack of consistency and that's okay. But just know that's why you're not getting results for it or you're doing the wrong type of exercise for your body, right? But it's it's about, and that's same thing. Anyone with a dysregulated nervous system and you're feeling wired, tired, anxious, exhausted, anxious, uh, brain fog, fatigue, digestive problems, hormonal problems, it's going to be difficult at first. Like that's the point. If you go to the gym and you've never worked out before, and say, oh, this is really hard. It's not for me. Well, no, it's just you have weak muscles. You, you're, not, you're not used to toning that. Someone with a poor vagal tone, that long, largest cranial nerve in the body that's responsible for that resting, digesting aspect of our nervous system is weak. Something that's weak, it can be uncomfortable to tone it. So I want people to know that. People say, oh, meditation is not for me. <laughs> it's not the meditation. It's your weak vagus nerve that uh, needs toning. Uh, so, and it doesn't mean that it's the same for every, like me, there's different ways to meditate, right? There's different ways, there's different ends to regulating your nervous system. So don't like throw it all out and say, well, this isn't for me. Find the right path that you can be consistent with. Right. Find the thing that's going to initially, I always like, what's, I know people want the wins. I mean, honestly, let's be honest. If, if people could just call you and then you just fix it. I mean, that's, that's the deal, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I wish someone would do that for me too. 
So I always know that people are looking for that win. And I think especially when it comes to helping to regulate the nervous system and helping to, again, and, you know, improve your vagal tone is finding the modality that feels good or feels good enough to continue it. And then adding in more modalities. You know, one of the things that I struggled with in the beginning was breath work. And I wouldn't have thought that about myself. I would have thought that maybe it was meditation because I was always so in the sympathetic, like God, sit down, do something. Like I was always someone who was lifting weights since I was 16. Like let's bank, like what, what is the juice needs to be worth the squeeze basically. <laughs> um, but I really took to meditation, but it was breath work that I found a bit harder, but I was so grateful that I had been grounded in meditation that I knew, you know, I kind of anchored into that to move into that other modality especially when it comes to a lot of the, like you said, healing, healing our, our deregulated system, the trauma, finding a modality that works best for you, get started there. And you're right. It's all about consistency at the end of the day. Yeah. Like anything else, there's no magic cure-all, but it's just consistency. And I would say it's a combination of things. So don't hang your hat on one thing. It has to be a combination. You don't have to be overwhelmed and say I have to do all the things, but you're going to typically have a few things in the gut section, in the physical section and a few things in the feeling section. And the book takes you through it. There, there's a protocol in the book. And every day there's going to be a new gut tool and a feelings tool. So you're going to nourish both sides of that that you uh, over the course of, of time. And it's cumulative. And you'll continue to strengthen that vagus nerve over the course of time. Mm, I love that. And the last question I have for you is really around mindset. And we kind of talked about just now a little bit about consistency and, you know, just getting real with somebody that you're working with about like what it's going to actually take. But you have someone who's coming to you. Obviously, they're often pretty motivated is what I'm guessing if they're coming to you. But I know that you've got a big community and you've got readers and obviously people listening right now. What has been kind of your secret sauce around supporting people with mindset if you find that they're kind of hitting a wall or they are, they're not being consistent. I think accountability is huge. And I think, you know, and that can look different for different people, but it, it's like, I think that's one of the reasons why our telehealth patients are so successful. We have different, like an Ascension model at the clinic. We have, we recently launched a very affordable, like a, a telehealth group model where I, they weekly calls with me. And having community of people going through something similar, as well as someone that's doing this for 13, 14 years in telehealth, myself coaching them and guiding them, I think that's massive. I mean, that's why people get more out of the gym when they have a trainer that's like knowing how to fine tune things. This is sort of a a health mind body coach to work on these things. So community coach are are massive. If you don't have a community or coach, we uh, I think books are like a resource, a guide of at least self teach. I think you can go a long way with that. But I think, look, I think it's a lot of that mindset is starts with from within and your why has to be bit, bigger than your excuses. You know, I think of the people that like you've heard, I've heard every excuse in the book in 13 plus years, seeing every socioeconomic background, every type of background you can think of, <laughs> you think of like I see I think of like the amount of single moms who are working single moms they have kids that are on the spectrum or busy schedules and they heal themselves reclaim their health and achieve every wellness goal they have and then you have the patient that is independently wealthy 
that has nannies and chefs and it makes has thinks of all the excuses in the book about why they can't get healthy. And that across all, all socioeconomic backgrounds, you have see people that are, you know, paycheck to paycheck, people that are independently wealthy, that they all have the same excuses when they want to, <laughs> because their why is not bigger than their excuses. So that's a huge, I think just you have to check in with your why, which is so cliched, but it's so fundamental, fundamental. Because you, because you are not going to let like people say, "Oh, the holidays are coming, or the vacations are coming, or the birthdays are coming," and "Oh, I'm so busy." If you're waiting for the right time, it's now. And if you think it's going to be some time, and you have nothing to do but just sit there and focus on your wellness, good luck. It doesn't happen. So I think that that's like the motivator. I think that I've seen is this paradigm shift to look. This isn't about what all I can't do or all the reasons why I can't do it. I am going to start now. And I'm not gonna. I'll be perfect. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the best I can with what I have access to. What's with what's within my budget. What I can do right now. I'm gonna lean in. I'm gonna lean in and give myself grace, but still progress. You can have both. And I think that that's a, that's where it begins. That's where it begins. I love that. Yes. And any of us, all of us can sit down for five minutes and tap into that. Why? Like write up, journal it out, think about it, take a walk with it, like figure what is the thing, you know, for my, for my women, I'm pretty sure I know what that why is, <laughs> you know, it's family, it's children. It's, you know, I had Kingston at 41, do the math, you know, if, you know, he's going to be 20 when I'm 61. So like, I want to be around forever. So I always, that why is I want to be there. And I also want to be the mom who can do all the things. Like I am kicking all the other mom's butts. Like I'm running around, I'm jumping, you know what I'm saying? Like they're like, what's going on with that mom? Like she, she's the most, you know? And so that's the, you know, just checking with your why. And I think accountability is so important. You're absolutely right. There's never going to be a good time. There's always going to be something that comes up. There's always, it, life is never going to stop. You're absolutely right. And that's okay. It's not, it's not a bad thing. That's like, how do we move through these seasons of life in a way that loves you back? And I think that that's a learning process. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Like it's going to be clunky at first and that's okay. Like be okay with the clunky because <laughs> at a certain point it's going to become intuitive. There'll be a rhythm. There'll be a strength. There'll be a resilience. There'll be a knowingness. There'll be a confidence. It's, you're not supposed to be perfect overnight. Like it's like I said earlier, like you have to strengthen things that are weak it doesn't happen overnight. And that could just, by strength, that I mean your awareness of what loves you back. Sometimes we don't know that for a while, but it's like that learning and pivoting and evolving does take time, but it's worth it with enough consistency. And that's why if you do have access to it, like a, a coach, a functional medicine doctor, a community is huge because it takes some of the guesswork out of it. So I think it does like encourage and keeps you on the straight and narrow for, um, for, for people. I agree. Well, and books like this, resources like this. I mean, that's I think that's one of the things that I, you know, I've always leaned on since I was a very little girl is the knowledge of books that we can disseminate all the things that you've learned in 14 plus years of seeing patients and connecting the dots and looking at labs every single day. And then, you know, putting that into a book that runs like 24 bucks or 25 bucks on Amazon. And you can go and put it in your cart today, literally today. And if I had to pair this book with another book of yours, I love the inflammation spectrum. Like I just love that book so much. So you guys get two books. Go get, go get two books. 
<laughs> you can you can get all four. Absolutely. They can get all four. I'm sure Amazon will bundle it for you. Ask Jeff. See if he'll do it for you. And so that's what I'm saying. It's just the resources are out there. Dr. Will's books are out there. Dr. Will Cole, anywhere else you would love for us to go and plug in to you? Well, I this next year, two years, I'm going to be really. I don't plan on writing a book, another book right away. I'm going to really. I love the clinic so much. So that's always been my baby. And just to be able to focus creatively on systems and program and patient experience has been really fun to double, like to not be working on a book plus that and just be working on this. So um, we have these many different ways we can be there for people. We have lower cost, more accessible, affordable ways. We have higher cost concierge options and then everything in between. So people can go to drwillcole.com and learn about all the different ways I can be there for you. Uh, if you're interested in labs or functional medicine perspectives on different cases, the metabolicrecharge.com. Metabolicrecharge.com is where is the, if anybody's interested in metabolic health, blood sugar balance, longevity, we're starting that uh, very soon, depending on when people are watching this. It's going on right now. I mean, you can sign up to be on a waiting list. So I, regardless, I'm involved with all these different types of care. It's just different paths for different people. And I'm trying to make, democratize functional medicine and make it as accessible to people as possible. I love it. And I'm so excited to hear about this metabolism program that you're creating. I am very much obsessed with metabolic health, especially for my ladies. So I'm super stoked to hear the reveal. So I will make sure to have that link there as well and the link to the website for everyone to go check out. And I just want to say thank you so much for making it more accessible. I think a lot of people, when they think about functional medicine, they think about the expense. And um, I just want to say thank you for making it more accessible to all of us. Thanks. Thank you so much. I'm it's a passion project, so I'm thank you so much. Yes. All right. See you soon, Han. <laughs> See ya. There is no question that inflammation has become a serious health problem. It's something, again, that I'm facing right now myself. That is the thing that I am going after. Where is the cause of my inflammation? That's the question I've been asking myself. In 2023, someone has a heart attack every 34 seconds and every 60 seconds, someone in the United States dies from a heart attack or stroke. A staggering one in two men and one in three women will get cancer in their lifetimes. Autoimmune diseases are now the third leading cause of death and disease in the world. And with all of these diseases, they have one thing in common, and that is systemic inflammation. And a through line that Dr. Will Cole and I discussed throughout the entire interview. But guess what's super amazing? there's something that we can do about it, right? There's something that you can do about an elevated C-reactive protein level. There is something that you can do about those symptoms that are being driven by inflammation. And one of the ways that we can really do that is giving your body and digestive system a break to help extinguish that inflammation. And that is why I am so excited to recommend Dr. Will Cole's new book, Gut Feelings. And as I've mentioned on the show during the interview, and I've mentioned before, one of my favorite books of his is The Inflammation Spectrum. Again, majority of people that are coming to Dr. Will Cole or to me or to any functional doctor is that they're dealing with symptoms of inflammation. And I know all too well what that can look like from brain fog to low energy levels to weight gain to so much in between. Now, if you are looking for a multifaceted approach to healing your body, which I highly recommend, it's worth diving into. I do recommend these two books, and I will have them in the show notes for this episode. 
Again, if there was something inside of this show today that kind of hit a chord that you are just feeling inspired by or that you are like, you know what, I'm stepping into 2024, going deep in my own health journey, please take a moment, share this episode with somebody and subscribe to the show. I've got so many more epic guests coming up in 2024. I mean, that is one of my biggest goals this year is to really up level this show with an expansive array of amazing experts that really connect into all different facets of healing the body from trauma to breath, obviously hormones and metabolic health and everything in between. Like how do we stay strong and vibrant and energized for many, many years to come. That is what I am most interested in for you because I know that you are taking care of so many people. I know that you just got done with taking care of so many people during the holiday season. So how do we step into 2024 and beyond feeling like rock stars? I know that I'm dedicated and committed to it myself and I'm committed to that journey for you too. So please take a moment and subscribe to the show and even rate the show. Right now I have a 905 ratings. We are so close to a thousand. I am going for it this year for sure because we know that ratings really do affect who is tuning in, the empowering information that they're gonna get. And so I want, you know, if women are struggling or they need support, um, I hope that this is a beautiful place for them to land. So take a moment and rate the show. And until the next episode, have an amazing day and amazing new year. 